0: You are listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Today's episode is for all our photographers in the house or honestly for anyone who wants to learn how to improve their editing for social media photos or any sort of marketing. Lindsay and I are diving into the top five editing mistakes photographers are making in Lightroom and how to fix them. So if you are struggling with nailing perfect skin tones, culling is taking you way too freaking long, or you just want to learn some little tricks and hacks that make editing in Lightroom a million times easier, we got you. (laughs) And if you want to dive deep into editing even more, we are hosting a completely free five-day Lightroom editing challenge. Each day, Lindsay and I are tackling some of the trickiest topics on editing and teaching you exactly how we use Lightroom to edit drool-worthy photos. We'll be covering our favorite tools within Lightroom that will change your editing game. And we'll also go into depth on how we import, call, upload, backup, and catalog our photos in a way that is efficient, fast, and reliable. You do not want to miss this challenge, my friend. If your editing needs a refresh and you want to know how we edit our photos, this is the place to be. So sign up and join the challenge at theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. All right. Now, speaking of editing, let's get to the top five editing mistakes photographers are making in Lightroom. This episode will be really helpful to listen to while you're viewing Lightroom. So pull up your computer and let's get started. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, cause here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay!
1: All right, welcome to the show. Ooh, I am fired up. I have my coffee. I am ready to roll. <laughs> I am ready to teach some editing hacks and tricks. I don't know about you, Evie. I Ooh, am ready to go. Ready. <laughs> okay. I hope if you're listening wherever you are out there, you have a coffee or a caffeinated beverage in your hand um, and you are staring at the screen of your computer because this episode will. While you can obviously listen to it anywhere, it'll be most helpful to pull up your Lightroom on your computer and it'll just be easier to like visually see what we're talking about. Um, or, but or, 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 oh, you, I
0: mean, you could listen. Yeah. I mean, you could listen to it and then go back and listen to it again with your computer in front of you. Like, I won't oh, discourage true. you from listening twice. <laughs>
1: that's true. And I also won't discourage you from like just if you're in the car and you'd like turned on this episode. I don't want to discourage you just because I said, have, like, don't pull up your computer if you're driving. Please, dear God, don't do that. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're on a run, if you're at the gym, give it a listen. It'll probably help you regardless, but it will... Just, yeah, give it a listen again if you're not at your computer in a future. What? I'll just stop talking. Let's just get into it. Let's just go.
0: All
1: right. So the top five editing mistakes you're making in Lightroom. Number one, not straightening your horizons? Ooh, this is Ugh. a good one. Like, nah. I, nah. I, always to, I always have to catch myself if I don't do it. And so this makes itself known really easily when obviously you can see a horizon, like very clearly. So like the ocean line or just it's flat. Like if you're in, in a field and there's a very obvious horizon line, it mm-hmm. is, it is just annoying when you see a photo and it's like crooked. Yeah. You know, because like when we're taking photos, we're never perfectly like like I don't ever take a perfectly straight horizon like photo in the moment like no or if you do it's
0: just a pure fluke like it's not like you're sitting there like oh let me perfectly line up this horizon like especially in your action-based like direction that we do like you're going to get good horizons that's normal well
1: sometimes when I'm looking through the photos I like I look at them and I'm like, wow, I was whack. I was way off. Like, <laughs> this is literally like almost sideways. Well, because like, your your couples are like, you know,
0: moving and like dancing and stuff. Like, with the with the direction that we do, a lot of our horizons right. are just like all over the place because we're like shooting action. That's
1: true. But well, I will say... Clyde, I would say it doesn't even have to be couples. It could be any client, whatever. Anyways. Well, yeah. I'm just saying like for us personally, like when we look at yeah. our
0: photos, the reason is that. But I, right. it really does make such a huge difference. Like when I look personally at photos and it might not even be conscious that I'm like, oh, this is the reason it looks amateur, but I'll look at a photo and I'll be like, whoa, that's definitely an amateur, like beginner, like not really, you know, a professional photographer. And then later I'll like, you know, I might sit there and be like, okay, why? 99% of the time it's because of the horizon line. Like, I'm not kidding. It is a huge freaking game changer. You need to be straightening those horizon lines.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it doesn't, make if you're obviously like in a forest or where there's mountains in the background obviously like that's you can't tell what's up you know um Sometimes. like i said just well okay yeah that's anyways okay let's get to the practical uh, teaching uh prop like problem of how to fix yeah. this so if you you can auto adjust the horizon in two different ways and into well i guess yeah two different places so the well, first way let wait, me wait, just let me first of all
0: just clarify do not try to manually straighten every image. I know a lot of photographers do that. And oh, you are yeah. wasting years of your life. Wonderful, unless, beautiful
1: years of your life. <laughs> unless, well, here, I'll get into it. Let me explain the two yeah, points, go for and it. Then I'll, go Okay, for it. <laughs> great. So the first way is under the crop tool. So if you're in the develop module, obviously you, you probably know where the crop is. If you don't, just Google that real fast. Um, go to the crop tool and in the right corner, it'll say auto and just click that. And usually, if it's pretty obvious where the horizon is and like Lightroom can register it, it'll just auto fix it and like done deal. The other way to do it is down under transform. So if you scroll down a ways, you go into the transform little tab, I guess you could call it, um and click the middle button that says auto. Mm-hmm.
0: That's another way to
1: auto adjust it. The only time that neither of those ways work is if it's just sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but is, if it is like a wonky photo where obviously you as the human being know where the horizon line is but sometimes the computer just it doesn't register that and so that's the only situation in which you kind of have to manually do it um I know that there is a way that you can literally drag like a line where the horizon is that's another way to do it technically but it it is annoying if you're manually doing it and you're manually like trying to like I I don't even know the words to say, but like adjust it like left and right and left and right. And like, then you have to like try to get the, it's just complicated. So usually do auto. And if you can do auto, give it your best shot with the the straight line thing. (laughs) Yes. All right. So that is
0: number one. Number two mistake you are probably or might be making in Lightroom is, drum roll please. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was kind of, okay keep going. (laughs) Well, it kind of worked. That's okay. Culling in Lightroom. Okay. If you, (laughs) uh, if you're culling in Lightroom, we need to have a conversation. That's what we're about to do. But if you're not familiar with the term culling, C-U-L-L-I-N-G or like C-U-L-L means picking and choosing the good photos that you want to use, like between the good and the bad. Um, So if you are a photographer or just a human being who photographs or shoots more than an occasional like 10 15 20 photos like here and there and you are currently culling through your photos in lightroom <clears throat> cut it out like I yeah. <laughs> cannot stress this enough I know for a lot of photographers we start culling in lightroom and and that's what we're used to and familiar with I mean, and mean it's a routine it's Yeah. yeah, Both of us did it. And it's, it's really hard to let go of that routine because it's safe and familiar. It's, you know, a part of our workflow. We're very used to it, but you are wasting so much time if you are doing it in Lightroom. And I personally didn't think that I was, I was very stubborn. I think Lindsay, you might've been the same. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. I was very stubborn with like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like I have my workflow down so solid. And like, I can just breeze through my galleries when I'm calling in Lightroom. I was literally an idiot.
1: (laughs) I'm guessing that like the workflow is most people obviously download their photos from their SD card or CF card and then they, it's in a folder and then they're literally importing that entire folder into Lightroom. Like that's the natural workflow that you think. So then obviously it forces you then to go pick through all of like the 800 images that you took and try to narrow it down to like 100. And you're doing that in Lightroom because that seems to be at the moment the best way. Right. Not.
0: But Lightroom, if you didn't already know this, has to load the full file of the photo for you to preview. So if you're shooting in RAW, you are loading gobs of information <laughs> in every photo. And it takes a good, you know, five to 10 seconds of spinning for it to load like a clear preview for you to even see is this photo in focus, out of focus, yeah. is somebody blinking, are they not? And that adds up so fast you might sit there and be like well it only takes a couple seconds for every photo to load but that couple of seconds multiplied over hundreds if not thousands of images literally yeah. w- takes you double triple the amount of time like I used well, to oh, go go
1: go go, no, no, I, was no, just go gonna say, I was gonna say pause this episode real fast and I want you guys to do an exercise if you're in Lightroom right now and you have like it, like even just five photos start at the first one and i want you to time how long it takes to go like to be able to okay obviously the first one's probably already loaded start the timer and then hit the arrow or click the next one and literally see how long it takes to actually like render and load into be a clear image and like mm-hmm. see how long it takes to go through and it's going to take a lot longer than you actually think it is taking yeah
0: well there a personal example it used to take me about I don't know five plus hours to call through a wedding gallery when I use Lightroom. Now ju- that was just calling. It would take me, you know, the a good chunk of a workday to just call through a gallery. But now I can literally call through like a four thousand image wedding in about an hour, if not less. And I know that sounds like mind boggling. Like I just sliced my time by like a fifth. But it is. Oh, so revolutionary. And the magical wand for such magic is photo mechanic. And if you haven't heard of it, oh freaking game changer. If you have heard of it and you are not using it, uh little slap on the wrist from me. Um, seriously, it is such a game changer. And we talk about that in the Lightroom Challenge that we are hosting way in yeah. depth. so I'm not really going to go into our strategies and, and all of the, you know, uh, tools that we use for calling to make us able to call through an entire wedding gallery in under an hour. But if you do want to join, uh, that challenge, you can find out a lot more information about a lot more of these, uh, tools and editing trip ticks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> trips, trips and
1: ticks.
0: Trips and ticks. <laughs> yes, you know what I meant. Tips and tricks. But yeah, seriously, come join the editing challenge. That's all I got to say. Lindsay? Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> and that's at slash challenge, just if yes. you didn't hear it in the intro. Anyways, okay. Moving on to point number three or editing mistake number three is under or over exposing skin tones. So whether they're too muddy or they're too bright. It's basically finding, trying to find the balance within that because maybe you're trying to like get those glowy skin tones, but you're trying to obviously also edit the entire image as a whole and it's either like make the entire image good and then the skin tone's crappy or like edit the skin tone's good, but then the rest of the image isn't like edited to the correct exposure. And for me and probably for everyone, skin tones are a make or break as a photographer. And making your skin tones either too dark and muddy or too bright and blown out can honestly be the difference between a pro and amateur. Like not even kidding. It's, it's I don't know. It's just a, it's a thing that we see a lot that, I mean, in, even we messed up on when we first were starting our businesses and starting to learn editing is just making sure that your skin tones look glowy, but that are not blown out and look rich, but not muddy. It's like this like conundrum, right? Like you, you have to like find the like magic little unicorn <laughs> in, in all of it. I don't know. That yeah. was a weird analogy. I don't know. It's, it's a tricky but it's balance. So good. Yeah. But it's, it's so necessary to focus on and master because it really does change the game for you when you're editing and making, I don't know. Cause like, especially as a client, I feel like you yeah. want your, you want your skin tone to one, be true to life and what the color actually is and not wonky. And I guess we're honestly even talking about, you could talk about the, the tone as far as like color as far as like making them true to life, like not too red, not too orange, not too green or whatever, but then also glowy versus muddy. So there's like two almost different avenues of making sure the the color is great, but then also making sure that the quality of brightness and darkness is also true to life and like exposed correctly.
0: Okay, so skin tones are honestly so, so important and, and we could have an entire series of podcasts on mastering skin tones, just because I feel like there's, there's so much to talk about in different lighting scenarios and different, you know, whatnot, different editing styles and all of that. So I just want to point out a couple of different really helpful tools within Lightroom. The first is your basic panel, which I think most photographers are pretty used to. So your exposure, your shadows, your highlights, your whites, those are really going to help you with the initial step of, of focusing on skin tones and making sure, you know, if, if a skin tone is blown out, maybe pull down your highlights or your whites a little bit, see if that helps fix it. But that's a very, I guess, basic, <laughs> ironic uh, tool that you can begin to use. But if you really want to dive next level into editing skin tones and honestly, any color tones of any of your photos, the HSL panel on your Lightroom is a game changer. And I could talk about that for hours. Lindsay and I could go into so much depth on that. But if you're not already utilizing your HSL, you need to be. And if you want to learn how (laughs) we utilize HSL and how helpful it is, you know, it stands for hue, saturation, and luminance. If you want us to walk you through exactly how we edit skin tones using HSL and our basic panels, basically just editing skin tones in general, um, we seriously have tips and tools out the wazoo for that. So all of that is going to be over in our Lightroom Editing Challenge, which is 100% free. Um, I know so we keep like talking about that, <laughs> but it's, it's
1: because it's free and it's going to help you guys.
0: Yeah. And it's it just gives us the opportunity for you to see us walking through Lightroom. It's going to be so much better than hearing us talk about it. So that's a big part of the reason we're like, hey, come over here. Um just because it's a visual platform that allows us to show you and walk you through all of the tools and live like editing with us. Um, So if you haven't already signed up for that, go sign up for it. It is 100% free. It's theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. And we will help you rock your skin tones that will literally change the game on your editing. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email
1: campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking yes. I've definitely been there and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you our content creation guide is
0: pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from. Or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed
1: that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels empty every time you step up to the plate... Uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com content, or click the link in the show notes. Now go kick some butt and create some content. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart, or you can check out the link in our show notes. All right, now number four editing mistakes that photographers are making is not using lens correction and custom vignette control. So that's a lot of fancy words that I just said. Basically, everyone probably knows what a vignette means. It's basically when the corners of an image are kind of darker. Like it's like a black, almost like a circle, but obviously a photo is not a circle. But you know what I'm saying? It's like when the corners of your image have that like darkness to it. Um, And what a lot of people do is either ignore it. Like they don't even know that they can get rid of that. Because basically when you're taking a photo, usually your lens, depending on what lens it is, it naturally creates a vignette of sorts in in whatever image you're t- you're taking um and so that's almost always naturally on an image and sometimes you want it there to add like mood or vibe whatever but a lot of times you don't want it there and a great mm-hmm. example of that is like say you're taking a photo on a beach and it's kind of bright outside and so when you take that photo and import it in you're going to notice that the corners because it's such a bright image you might not notice this as much in like a photo of a forest because it's already kind of darker but in a situation where it's like against a white wall or against a white clear minimal beach you're going to notice the the corners of the image are going to be a little bit darker and that is because there's an automatic vignette on it and so a lot of people ignore it or they don't know that they can actually customize how much vignette they can have on the image because there is a button in, in in Lightroom where you can enable profile corrections, and it literally does it automatically. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes it overcorrects it. And, yeah, uh, Evie, do you want to pop in on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I used to do enable profile. Cor- cor-
0: wow, English enable profile corrections, but it it, it definitely pulls the corners of the images like in um, and it makes them very bright. So I personally like a little bit extra like mood in my images in general. So I typically don't do the profile corrections, but it's under the lens corrections panel on Lightroom. And then there are two tabs under that profile or manual. So if you go to profile and then click the the box of enable profile corrections, that'll work. That's where it does it automatically. And a lot of photographers love that. So if, if you end up loving that rock with it. Um, but we like to do it manually by going to the manual tab. Um, and then down below it has a slider that's, it's called vignetting and we just slide that exactly to the amount that we want that looks good on that image so that just gives us a little bit more control of you know the vignette on the corners the mood
1: you know all of that so those are two great things when you do it automatically it just like it almost makes the corners like a white vignette (laughs) it's like I don't want that (laughs) much
0: Yeah. and It just depends on your editing style and whatever you want. We personally love doing it manually, but a lot of photographers love the one click button. So totally up to you. But those are really, really powerful tools to help your photo just stand out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And ones that a lot of people like gloss over or they don't know exists. So if you didn't Mm -hmm. know it it exists, then you're welcome. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) All right. Number five is going to be not utilizing the heel tool. So if you are of the opinion or belief that in order to have beautiful images, remove blemishes, whatever, distractions in the background, you have to drag a photo over to Photoshop. I am about to correct that right now. Uh, And Mm. for those of you who do, (laughs) for those of you who do, do some editing and tweaking within Lightroom, we might have a tip here that you aren't familiar with and explain this tool a little bit more. So if you go under the spot removal in the local adjustment section of the develop module within Lightroom, there are two different brushes within that spot removal option. So they are called clone or heal. And Lindsay, you have very strong opinions upon the two of those. So would you care to elaborate?
1: Of course, of course. So, in my opinion, clone is trash. That's just putting it lightly. <laughs> um I never ever have used the clone tool. Heal is everything and we're going to talk about heal in a second, but clone <laughs> trash. I know you've used it like for like one thing or uh, maybe more than yeah, one thing, but
0: I, I think that the the situation where like clone is actually useful is when you're trying to change a very simple background significantly without utilizing photoshop so if you're shooting against a white wall or something and you want to like extend the white wall up a little bit because it ends at you know and you can see a little bit of the sky or you know whatever right there there's certain like blank walls or certain situations where i feel like the clone tool actually is has been useful for me but i would agree it's pretty rare that i actually use that tool because for the most part it is trash.
1: Well, here, let me quickly define what the two do so that you, listener, can also understand why clone is trash. Just kidding. We're just harping on that. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so basically, in the spot removal section, right, like Evie said, there's two options, clone and heal. What clone does is you take any circle section, I mean, the circle, you just put the circle of your mouse on any part of the image, and then it'll make another dot somewhere else and you can drag it anywhere else. And what it does is take literally the exact carbon copy, like copy and paste uh, from another section and puts it exactly on that area, which is why usually using it for like a pimple or a zit doesn't actually work because our faces have dimension. And if you take another part of the face and put it over the pimple, it won't blend. That's what the heel does, but I'll get to that in a second. It like literally (laughs) takes exactly that piece of skin like exactly and oftentimes our faces are dimensional and light hits it differently and so it just doesn't work um so that's why like evie said if you're using it with like a white wall where like the color of what you're pulling from is like exactly the same then it works but that's a rarity so what the heel tool does which is what we're going to talk about is it lightroom is like fancy and the technology like knows how to blend it so instead of taking like taking a carbon copy copy and paste section of somewhere else it kind of like takes the essence that sounds so fluffy but it takes the essence of something else and it blends it kind of so that it works Mm -hmm. really really well for blemishes it works well for telephone wires um it just it's amazing and it saves your butt from having to pull stuff into photoshop all the freaking time and i guess i have a a rule for myself because like people i know people that do take stuff into photoshop and not that there's anything wrong with that per se i just value my time too much maybe um <laughs> that sounds bad um but <laughs> I'm a little stuck up, not gonna lie but continue <laughs> i mean okay i what i mean by that is if i am in a moment where i'm going through a gallery and i know that I, it requires more intensive work to edit this photo than what the what the heel tool can provide then I trash it. Unless it's like a winner photo, unless it's like a photo that absolutely has to be in the gallery because it's like magical and it's one of the best that I took of the day, then I will make whatever I have to do work. But in, in this, in the scheme of things, like on a wedding day or a session, you have so many photos to pick from. And usually the photo that's like going to be a hassle to edit and maybe have to pull out of Photoshop. I like, I'm just not going to waste that time. I want to get my gallery back to my client faster. Um, And so that's, I just don't, if I have a rule that if I have to pull something into Photoshop, that's too much work unless it's like a winner photo, then I just delete it from the gallery. That's my personal philosophy on that.
0: Yeah, I'm very much the same way. I think it's important to, you know, to have the distinction between this photo is one of a kind or if you click over, you know, two photos later, there's like the exact same shot without that, you know, bird pooping in the (laughs) background. Like you know, like whatever it may be, like is is there something else that's you know the same essence? Wow, we're using that word a lot. Um, I know, the, Does it the essence? <laughs> the essence. <laughs> um, does it have the same you know the same essence? If not, you know, drag it into Photoshop, outsource it to you know a professional editor who can use Photoshop and, and send it back to you or something. But um, I would agree. I think the other thing to to note on this is to make sure when you're shooting that you're keeping that in mind, like that that yeah. you're aware of the editing that will go in afterwards and not shooting your couple, your clients, whatever, in a situation where you're going to have to deal with a decent amount of, of Photoshop editing in the future, whether that's, you know, utilizing the heel or clone tool in Lightroom or pulling something into Photoshop or whatever. Just being aware of, you know, Lindsay, you have some uh, we were chatting about this and you had some thoughts on like, you know, deposing your client on a beach where you put people behind them, like stuff like that. Do you want right. to jump in here?
1: Yeah. So I, I often think about on a session and I'll almost even joke with my clients Uh, If somebody's walking by like while we're shooting, I'll be like, hey, pause guys. They're a little too big to Photoshop out. Like and like let them walk by and I just make it like a funny joke. But (laughs) I I think about that in the moment. Like if we're shooting somewhere and the angle that I want is the winning angle, like I need this angle in my life, in this gallery, but there's like two or three people way in the background. I think to myself, okay, where are they? Are they far enough away that I can easily heal them out? (laughs) That sounds weird, but like heal them out in Lightroom. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And if it's small enough, then I'm like, oh, absolutely, whatever. Another tip you can do is try to hide the people on the beach or in the field or wherever behind your subject. So that way you don't have to worry about it. It's just like there's nothing in the image. Um, But like a tip for this is maybe don't schedule an engagement session at 6 p.m. sunset on the most popular beach in California on a Saturday. Like yeah. that's I never do. I never do sessions on weekends for literally this purpose, so I don't have to worry about Photoshop. I mean, it's more than that. It, it also makes you comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable, but yeah, <laughs> there's more reasons than obviously not there to do on a reasons. Saturday. Yeah, but it's you know maybe instead choose a sunrise on a Tuesday at that if that beach is like this specific beach that you want. It's just you just think about it. Like think about the people that are going to be in the background and how annoying it's going to be for you to sit there for hours and hours on end, trying to clone every single, well, not even clone, heal every single one of those out. Like, nah, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: I love it. All right, so to recap all of those points, number one, these are five editing mistakes you might be making in Lightroom. Number one is not straightening your horizons. Literally a game changer between so-so images and drop-dead gorgeous images. Seriously, I'm not kidding. And two, calling in Lightroom, you will get half of your life back if you stop that. Number three, skin tones is so important to actually stand out under or overexposing your skin tones, making them too muddy or too bright, seriously makes the difference between an amateur and a professional image. I'm not kidding. I can't overemphasize that enough. Number four is not using lens corrections or the custom vignette control. So making sure your photos look modern and beautiful around the edges as well as where your subject is sitting in the middle of the frame. And then number five is going to be not utilizing the heel tool. So paying attention to using and taking advantage of that magical technology within Lightroom to blend and erase perfect imperfections, not perfections. You don't want to do that, but imperfections within the Lightroom software and program itself without having to drag your photos over to Photoshop and deal with all of that or worse, just leaving that, uh, distraction or the bird pooping in the back of the image that your couple may not appreciate. So, that's a general overview. We are going to go so in-depth on so many different editing tools, strategies, tips, as well as editing workflow in our 5-day Lightroom editing challenge. So, if you want to learn more from us about editing and actually see us walk you through a bunch of editing tools, Come join the challenge. It is free. There is just going to be a party over
1: there. So make sure you're a part of that if you want to learn more about editing from us. Yes, that's at theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. Awesome. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, screenshot it and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag us. We love seeing them. We love seeing your feedback on the episodes. And if you got a lot out of them, um, you can find us online at The Heart University for our podcast and just education company Instagram. Evie is at Evie Rupp. And I am at Mrs. Lindsay Roman. Come hop in our DMs. We love talking with you and just answering we always try to answer all of our DMs and just... We love converse... I was about to say conversating with you. I can't... Conversating. Conversation. I can't talk, um, but we all know that. So it's fine. Um, we love having anyways. conversations and conversing with you. I think that's yeah, what you meant that's- to say literally what I meant to say thank you anyways <laughs> uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and that you just go crush your editing uh today if you are a photographer but you probably get photographer if you're listening to this if you're not um I hope it was helpful for your social media uh, <laughs>
0: photos <laughs> heck yes we will catch you on the next episode and hopefully we will see you in the Lightroom Editing Challenge
1: Woo!